Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. And kick old trouble out Well, well, well. Here we are on Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3CR.org. Dot A.U., last week we had a choir in here, didn't we, Dale? Yes, we did. It was an extraordinarily good hour. It was lovely. So this year... Both this, in tears. That was last week. We are all in tears. You know, but this week I thought we'd go one better than a choir. Yes. One better. You know, in life, you go around life and there are some people that are known by their first name. You know, like <laughs> uh, Sher, you know, and Obama, Madonna. Madonna. Well. We have somebody here today to be interviewed who everybody in the world knows <laughs> by her first name, Nandini. Nandini. Hello. Welcome to the Hi. show. <laughs> Thank you. And that's, that's the Dowagers. If I get out of control and I start being naughty and shouting <laughs> at you, she'll fix me up, all right? Yeah. And she has done it quite regularly because I do tend to get carried away. Now, a lot of people would say to me, Joe, why would a young person enter this studio full of the sweat of the elderly? <laughs> I don't know. Now, Nandini, I just want, to, want you to relax. I'm not, uh, I'm not analysing you. It's not psychoanalysis. We just want to learn all, everything about you <laughs> that you're willing to let the public know. Obviously, we will have secrets. That you're comfortable with. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that time you went sleepwalking, but that's another story. Now, <laughs> relax. Think of yourself as sitting in a canoe. I'm on one end with the paddle, and I'm showing you the world. We're going down this river, a little tributary, and we go down that tributary, and then we come back into the river. And before you know it, your torture will be over. So now, you're in charge of the canoe and I meant to be relaxed about <laughs> that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, You've okay. got it in one. That made me feel easy. <laughs> exactly. See, the whole point about interviewing somebody is to make them feel on edge. So you've actually got, <laughs> you know, the, you've got the power. It's, a, it's an unequal relationship. Even although you are known by your first name, and I should be humbled by that, Nandini. <laughs> and Nandini, what year were you born? 1999. <coughs> Could you repeat that again? That's 1999-1999. Wait, 1999. So you were born in the last century. That's right. But that makes you, what, 19, 20? I turned 20 this year. This year. So you're 19? At the moment. Great 19. Age. Yeah. 
And you're in the studio of two old people. Well, one middle-aged woman and an old man. <laughs> yes. I don't really have a life, I guess. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. <laughs> now, people are going to say to me, Joe, how can a 19-year-old fill an hour? Easily. And it's very simple. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Um, well, I don't have good memory, so that's hard. But I think it's running out of my kindergarten, um, and I remember that my grandparents had come to pick me up, um, and they were there at the gates, and I was running towards them, and I was really excited to see them, and then I fell down. Um, (laughs) That's basically how the story goes, and I don't really remember much. I think I grazed my knee, and I cried and that's about it but that's probably my earliest memory it's a little bit like being born isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's probably just the rest of my life back. running towards something that i want and falling down, and falling down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That's, that's a good analogy there. Yeah. yeah so uh were you born in in australia no i wasn't where were you born i was born in india in india do you want to do you want what part of india do you want to tell us i was born in gujarat Gujarat. That's oh, right. I've been Gujarat, but that was in 1981. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> before you were even conceived. Yeah. Yeah, years before. So how long did you live there for? Um, I was there till I was three. Three. So I don't have many, any memories No at memories all. whatsoever. Mm-mm. Nothing at all. Nothing. No. Not a thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. Oh. What language did you speak at home? Um... I spoke back in the day. I would have spoken Gujarati, but yeah. um, I just speak English now. Right. What's Gujarati? What's that? It's the language from Gujarat. Say so what? Every part of India's got a different language. Um, no. Some parts of India have different languages. Some parts of India have different dialects. Mm-hmm. Um, Gujarati has many dialects in mm-hmm. Gujarati. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the place where the uh, current prime minister kind of got his. Uh, his political spurs, isn't it? Well, he's from Gujarat. That's what I'm right, saying. Right, yeah. So and every what, every yeah. Gujarati will tell you that Narendra Modi is from Gujarat. That's right. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, known for some interesting uh, uh, things that happened in Gujarati, which got him on the um, Hindu nationalist bandwagon, if I remember correctly. I wouldn't know as much as you, I reckon. Uh, well, we won't go down that path. It's not a very pleasant path. Okay. Some people call him a war criminal. Well, that's another story. Aren't they all? <laughs> well, not, not necessarily. You're not. But pretty close to it. Yeah. (laughs) I am, but you're not. You're too young to be a war criminal. Now, you're just a victim of us old people. So what's the first memory you have? Oh, so this first memory was in Australia about you falling over and grazing your knee. That's right. So where where did you end up in Australia? Um, sorry. What, what place? What place? What country? What 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 what, what region? What town? I've been in Melbourne my whole life. Your whole life. Yes. Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Would you want to volunteer a suburb? Um, no. No. But you've been in Melbourne your whole life. Yes. You've had your preschool, your primary school, your secondary college, and now university education all in Melbourne. Yes, and some people still don't think I'm Australian, so... Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> you got to love that when people tell me that my English is great, and I'm like, why, thank you. Oh, look, you're, <laughs> you're in, your English is great, you know. You know, English is my second language. Really? Yeah, I didn't know a word of English till I was five. Till you were five? Mm. Does it count if English is my second language? I didn't know a word of English till I was three. 
Don't know. We're not one of us, are you? No. <laughs> I was born here. You weren't. Dad was born here too. Yeah. We're both refugees. Yeah, but Queensland. it's nothing to be proud of, Joe. No, no. Well, <laughs> well, born here's nothing to do with us. Yeah, it's like where no. you're born. It's got nothing to do with you, is it? Not like no, you but unfortunately, choice. it becomes a lot, a big part of you mm. and a big part of your circumstances. Mm. Mm. So it does. Yeah. You can take water whenever you like. Thank it's, you. Not, it's not a torture chamber. I can talk over you. I can talk under wet concrete and a brown paper bag, so it's all right. He can. <laughs> so we won't identify the schools, but what was primary school like for a young girl who just arrived from India? Was it a private primary school or a public? Yeah. Public. It was public. Yeah. Um, so I have an older sister, mm. and she's four years older than me. I went to the same primary school. Um, and so for me, I avoided a lot of... Um, horrible children mm. who were around four years above me. Right. And so primary school for me was a really great place. I I was basically oblivious to everything. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't know if people were mean to me or not. Right. Um, I think there was a birthday party where I definitely everyone in the class was invited except me and the only other Asian person in the oh, class. Right. But I didn't, I didn't know that no, until no. I was 13. Mm. Um, that it was actually like a race thing. But apart from that, um, I had great friends. We were nerdy. We had a Percy Jackson club. A in what? Grade five and six. A Perse- what club? A Percy Jackson club. What is that? Isn't what that is a, that? It, isn't that a, a young adult's novel? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, tell us about this club. I've never heard of it. No, no. I mean, like, we were just four kids who loved reading. Like, we read Harry Potter and The Hunger Games and Percy Jackson. We were all over that, like, dystopian, um, like, mm. fantasy, like, Aragon and books like that. Mm. So, so it's c- like your own book club. Yeah, yeah. We just liked, we liked reading and, like, talking about it. Um I think people call me weird, but, like, I've got that my whole life, and you get used to it. You get bored of it. Like, surely you have better adjectives, right? Yeah, totally. Come on. Nandini, you're not weird. You're normal. I'm sorry to tell you. See, that's awful. (laughs) Dale's weird. I'm weird. You are horribly normal. I mean, being the... You know, when the interview's finished, if you cross the road, you can go to the Harry Potter shop. (laughs) So that'll make you feel happy. All right. So what, what... what did you get? Was it all girls in the club, in the book club, or girls and boys? It was just girls. It was just like four people. Four people. Yeah. Well, these four people that are in the book club, what drew you to the... To the what, what excited you about these books? Um, oh, God. I think what makes kids special is that they have an imagination mm-hmm. and they like that to be tested. Um, always really loved fantasy worlds. I think that as I grew up, I drifted away from fantasy um, fiction just because it was interesting to know about people around us because mm. you start to realise that people around you are as crazy and as 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 different um, as a fantasy world and a fantasy character is. So, so that's where I'm at now. But to answer your question, I think it was just something different um, yeah. and something different that was easy to understand because it's often easier for children to understand like ghosts and like monsters and dragons than it is to understand that there's an adult out there who has this really complicated life who mm. you are going to read about. Who is a, mon- is a real monster. Who's a real monster <laughs> and has actual ghosts and skeletons in their closet. <laughs> exactly. You're talking to one. Now, it's quite interesting. do you think it was, a, it was an escape from your everyday reality at home? Um, no, no, I, I think that, um, I used 
to read and I often still read to fill time. Mm. But because sometimes it feels like we're all just sitting around looking for something to do, um, to do with our time. And trying to justify that, and there are lots of easy pathways like, oh, go watch a movie, go read a book, um, you know, go and do work, um, and that provides meaning. But we're all just looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sorry, this is coming from the fact that I'm on a uni break right now, and I'm like, well, now I don't have uni. What on <laughs> earth am I meant to do with my life? Yeah, so, that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. I you're had nothing feeling, better. I'm feeling time. Killing time. <laughs> So obviously you uh, left primary school. You graduated from primary school. Yes, I was lucky enough mm, to. I had to go up to Brisbane last year to go to my, and I couldn't believe this, my granddaughter's graduation party from primary school. Oh. Graduation you, from primary uh, school? No. <laughs> oh, we had. We, That's what I'm saying. I was going to ask you, tell yeah, me about yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, this, is, this is new for Dale yeah, and me. Yeah. It was new for me. I said, I said, what? I said to my daughter, I said, what? Yeah. Graduate? What do you mean? Yeah. Graduation party? She said, yeah, you've got to be up here. I said, what? I'm yeah. going to fly to Brisbane to go to yeah. a graduation party no, for a primary huge. school kids. Well, tell us. Yeah. It was you. It was, you tell huge. us about it. Well, people, I love how you invited me here and asked me to talk about primary school. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have an hour. <laughs> it's part of the I, journey. I, I, it is part, part of the journey. journey. Relax. I'm the I don't want to ask you the critical it. questions <laughs> and then boot you out and I've got to actually fill your time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I can talk about graduation. It was, it was a hoo-ha. Um, it was very big. What... What you were going to wear, whether your dress was going to be from Target, which wasn't cool. Target. Don't, don't buy Target. Yeah, Target. Yes. So there was already class, class yeah. sort of um, divides forming oh. in primary school. Well, so, so you just think this is an interview, but it's not. What we're actually doing is we're actually understanding how this generation, the new generation, thinks and what has moulded them. So what you may think is just a silly question. Okay. And you may think it's, you know, what are you asking about my graduation party? It gives us insight. I'm game to answer. Yeah, off you go. Um, well, I went to a primary school um, that was... It was a public school in a very rich area, so we got the weird mix of people from commission flats, but then people whose parents just didn't send them to primary schools. Um, so, yeah, there was playground politics and there was class warfare. And, and no, I'm not talking about the kids necessarily. I'm talking about the mums who stayed, um, who picked up their kids after school. Um, so how did this class warfare after school? <laughs> they elbow each other out of the parking lot? How <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was you know the car that your kids oh, maybe yeah, got picked yeah, the up tractor. in. The Turak tractor, picked up in the Turak like, tractor. It was the Turak tractor. It was um, yeah. it was I don't know. Like my parents, I think like very very rarely did my parents get to come and pick me up because um, immigrant struggles. Like you know, we got to work, we yeah. got to and yeah. like we got to start from scratch. So did you walk to school with your sister? Um, I used to. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> Not I can't believe picked it. up in a Turek tractor. You actually walked to school with your sister and walked home. Yeah, it was crazy. It I was mean, it was radical. For that, us. Is radical. <laughs> that is radical. That is radical. You weren't part of one of these primary school walking trains. Have you heard about them? I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't. You I, just did it. You weird. and your sister. You just walked home. Yeah. 
I can't believe it. No, but my grandparents well, were there. The grandparents. Sometimes, they, yeah. They'd walk you home. Yeah, they'd come down because they live in um, India, oh. so they'd come down for a few months and, yeah. yeah help you out, help the parents out. It is hard for immigrant kids, isn't it? Oh, it's it's weird. Oh, gosh, you just don't know where you are and, like, what category you fall into. And there's always people who have an opinion mm. about you and whether you're Australian or whether you're Indian or, yeah. yeah. Or Indian Australian. Or Indian Australian. <laughs> and what that even means, guys. And some people are Indian Australians, but they came here, like, much before you did or much after you did, and mm. we're very different. Like, yeah. And there's good Indians and bad Indians. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the good Indians are the ones you know. And the bad Indians, Indians are all those you hear all those stories about yes. in the media. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, every Indian politician has some sort of dad. Like... <laughs> It's really scary. Yeah, all right. Well, getting back, so you leave primary school. Before I do that, are there any teachers in primary school that you remember for positive reasons that helped um, you along in your journey? All my teachers. All? All my teachers. Um, I so re- they treated you just as another little another kid? I remember all of them. Um, mm. They were very encouraging. Um, they were all very kind to me. I... I told I skipped the year level like off my sister. I got I got the dream primary school, you know, at least in my head. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's better alternatives and I'm my standard of comparison is worse than mine, so mm. I have nothing to complain about. But mm. um I was I just really was encouraged a lot and that's so much you can ask for mm. um for kids just to have people out there to say, Hey, you know what, what you're doing is good and keep doing that. Um that support is not there for everyone. So were you encouraged, do you think, because you were interested? and yeah. uh, or, or were you encouraged, just everybody was encouraged at the school? Well, I was a really nerdy kid. Mm. Um, I was encouraged because my teachers saw that. They saw that, um, like, I loved the work they did. I spent, like, ages doing my homework. I liked doing my homework. Excuse me, could you repeat that again? I liked doing homework. I still like doing my homework. I'm totally great. Like I, I, and I would put hours of effort into like these weird projects that they got us to do, and they saw that. Tell us the most weird project you can remember. Oh, I'm, I think I once counted the number of times my tap dripped, like right. for like for like a couple of minutes, and then I had to do like maths with that, which yeah. was very simple oh, that's very, multiplication. That's, that's good, but I it's like not it. bad. Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, I think I think I that's had very it clever. Getting your little kids sucked into maths. Yeah. They don't do that enough, I think. No, no, no. Well, you know, it's... Um, well, obviously, uh, you left primary school at some stage because you're 19, so... Uh, Recently, yeah. <laughs> so uh, how did you feel about going to a high school? Ah, uh, um, in primary school, we were like, oh, we're going to go to high school and change. Change. Yeah, that was the word. It was like, and we used to talk about our friends who were like in year seven, or right? And we'd be like, they've changed. <laughs> and it was just horrific to change. Yeah, no one wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to change. Totally no understandable. Change. Did yeah. you, I assume, because your parents worked hard, they put you in a private school? No. So no, no. I'm shocked. Out, out of here. No, been, I'm scum. Um, but <laughs> no, 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 that shows now. It yeah. shows intelligence because yes, uh, yes. there is, yeah. There, there, is. there are exceptions. Okay, look, I went to a public school yep. for two years and then I went to a select entry school. What? So Selective entry. Select entry school. In other words, you're a smart. 
Able person. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I moved very, very far to get to my. Basically, it's like well, I, I lived in a very rich area, so right. it was like you either go to um any uh, private school or you just don't <laughs> go to school. Yeah. yeah. So um, we moved out to, um like twenty k's out. Mm. At um, we were living in a city and we moved out to the suburbs. Mm. Um, and so I was completely in, in an entirely new environment. So um, none of your friends went to this new high school with you. No, none of my friends knew the suburb. Didn't even know the suburb. I didn't even know the suburb Sub- until like we were like, yeah, this is one of the best like um. Hang on. Public hang schools on, to go to. Hang on, hang on. How did you get rid of, how did you get over the, uh, you know, the little area? You know, they got a collecting area, all these. The catchment. Uh, catchment area. What did your parents do? They so moved. we moved. Oh, you moved? We moved. Ah. Yeah. We had, we had lived in the same place for 10 years and yeah. then we moved. And that was the reason so you could go to school. So I could go to a good public school. Ah. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, education is huge in my family. Huge, huge, huge. huge. Why? Um, partly because, I don't know, I guess it's been handed down as a tradition because of the Indians that we are. Like, we've all heard of the caste system, and my family is part Brahmin, which means that we are the people who are educated, we're the people who run the temples, blah, 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 so it's very strong. Are in the temples, yeah. That's right, right. let's get it right. I I know a little bit about Hindu temples, believe it or not. Own the temples is the key. Mm. I used to know a uh, a Brahmin who's now dead who owned a temple. Uh, yeah. yeah. He said it was very lucrative business. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> extremely, I'm extremely lucrative, he said. <laughs> it was a very selective entry, too, into the temple, but we won't talk about that. So did religion play any part in your life? Oh, not really. I mean, like, my grandma um, was very religious, and so she she would be the one that, like... I feel like I participated a lot because of because I wanted to have some form of like retention of that culture. Mm. Um, I felt like even now, so my family is Hindu, um, and even now, like I don't really do anything that a Hindu would do. Mm. As in, like mm. I mean, you got to practice in some way to be considered a Hindu. I reckon, mm. even if it's in mindset, if not in like your mm. actual actions, um, but. I do it because, like, it's a huge part of my family, or, or it was at one point, right? And how much do I have to uproot? <laughs> yeah. So you've been uh, westernised. Oh, God. Totally westernised. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever watch uh, Richie, Rich Crazy Asians? Crazy Rich Asians? Crazy Rich. Did you ever watch that? I did. I thought the most interesting line in the whole movie was when the, the mother says, she's... American Chinese. Yeah. yeah. You're like a Australian like a true, Indian. Yeah. You know, you're not real Indian anymore. You've no. been you've been corrupted by the well, Western you've system. Transcended. That's the, right. The transcended the boundaries. Yeah. Very good Dale. Very good Hindu concept. You transcend. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm impressed. Dale. It was very born. Um but I see what I think is interesting about crazy rich Asians is that mm. Asians have to be crazy rich to finally make it into Hollywood, which yeah, is which yeah, is great, yeah, right? Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just thought that, that sentence said it all. It's the same in the Italian community where I come from. It's the same in all all immigrant communities when they first come to this country, you know, you uh, you take on. Uh, I mean, the parents are basically to me. My parents were sacrifices. Yeah. They were human sacrifices for their children. They come here, 
a strange culture, they uproot themselves, a strange language. Education is everything. Yeah. You need your kids educated to go ahead. So you sacrifice yourself for the sake of your yeah. children. Did you, do you feel the same way? There are a lot of, I, I don't know any Indian person, uh, like immigrant, who doesn't feel the guilt yeah. of that sacrifice. <laughs> and that is why we like keep to our curfews. That's why we go and do our work because we understand that sacrifice. Not, I, I mean, I don't think I understand it enough. I think um, my parents tried their best to protect me from under, like knowing the extent to which they had to sacrifice, um, but they can't hide it all. No. So yeah, mm. and it's yeah, the, the guilt is strong. <laughs> oh, it is. It's it's a very strong look. We're on the same page in most migrant. Families. You've got to remember that one in two Australians is either a migrant, is either born overseas or the child of people who have been born overseas. That's 50% of the population go through the same thing, whether you're Sudanese, whether you're Indian, whether you're Italian or Greek or even English or Irish to a lesser extent because the culture is similar. You go through the same thing and that you feel that... I'll give you, I'll tell you something really good, that as you get older, you, f- you don't feel that guilt as much. <laughs> You've just gotten used to it and desensitised. No, no. no, you just you realise, you know, you're your own person after a while. Oh, and you understand the complexity. Like, I'm, mm. I'm not responsible for my parents' decision when I was three years old. That's right. It was their decision to bring you here. It was yeah. their decision. They thought it was the best thing for you and your sister. Yeah, and that doesn't mean I'm not grateful. It just means that I, I can't do anything about it. No, no, <laughs> that's right. And it's not your job to. No, no. No, you just got to be good and... Well, see, the counter-argument to that is that it is my job to do something and that is to, you know, get a good job. That's and right, like that's right. Not, that talk, security. not to come into 3CR and talk on Radical Australia. Yeah, which my to... parents totally know about, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're totally cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, it's uh, 4.29. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. Streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Madam Dowagess Dale Bridge is asking the occasional question and keeping you in an air. See, we've got a perfect relationship. <laughs> she tolerates you. No, no, no. No, no, it's, be- it's better than that. It's better than that. It can get better than that It's for better you. than that. All no, right. No, no. I'm a show pony and she's a Clydesdale. Okay. She does the work and I get the glory. Right. And she'll be the other way around. It's like life. Right. Right. The people who do the work, like the workers, get shafted and the owners become crazy rich, you know, Asians or crazy rich corporate whatever dudes and their kids enjoy themselves. Or white men. Yeah, yeah. Get the benefit. That's right. Uh, Excuse me, elderly white men. Not the young ones. But unfortunately I can't say in suits because I've never seen you in a suit. (laughs) You will when I die. I've got a suit picked out for me. I would like you to come to my funeral. I hope it's, you know, velvet. I was thinking of an open casket, you know. Totally. I'm up for that. You know. Yeah, you want to hear something really... I'll come with you. You want to hear something really strange, Nandini? Okay. This is strange. Oh, goodness. My wife died two years ago, right? Over two years ago. Great woman. And I thought... And she said to me, Joe, she said, uh, I want to be cremated. I said, that's fine. Yeah, we'll cremate you. And then she said, I want my ashes to go in your coffin. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got her ashes in my little urn. When I go, they go in the coffin. I've got to let my sisters know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, that's Beautiful. romantic. Well, it is very romantic when you think about it. It brings Beautiful. tears to my eyes. It is. But uh, the fact that she says, you know, you're not getting, you're not getting away, Joe. 
I might be dead. You thought you were rid of me. It's not happening. <laughs> so life is interesting. Now getting back to your story, I assume you graduated with honours. Ah, uh, probably something like that. What do you mean probably? Well, what, I, what, what is, your, what is honest? What is your ATOS? Oh, Girl, no. Come on, come on, tell me. 99.7? No, no, no. We're not going into ATOS. Yeah, no. We, no, we don't no. have to get, we, we don't have to go, go there. into that. All no. right, let's go back a few steps. <laughs> what were the first two years like in the public school for you? Ah, oh, I learned that I was Indian. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's crazy. How'd you find that? <laughs> Let's look at your passports. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I always knew I was Indian, but I, I went to a very white primary school. Mm. It was the only Indian person in my year level, um, and my parents went part of those Indian communities where you learn your culture. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what do you do to learn your culture? Ah, uh, not much. I mean, like, I, when I came home, I ate curry. Like, I heard about India. I heard about, like, these cousins that existed. You didn't go to dance schools or things like no, that? No, I didn't go to Hindi school. I didn't go to dance school. We didn't uh, do the celebrations very much. But you're still Indian. But I'm, but I'm Indian. <laughs> 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 well, now I'm trying. I read books. So, I've, I've stopped well, going back, going back. So, was this a big shock for you? People say... She's Indian. No, but see, it was a big shock that people knew the same movies that I did and that people knew more than, like, like just really superficial facts about India. Yeah. Um, and it was nice to share that. It was also scary. I have sort of, like... I, I have this really strong memory of this gal. I was sitting on the train with her, and she started to bring up this, like, Hindi movie star. Um, and she was like, oh, you know Shah Rukh Khan, right? And I, and I looked around, and I was like, oh, my God. If anyone hears me talk about Shara Khan, they'll know that I'm Indian. I can't have this conversation on the train. <laughs> right? right? You what, you're 13, 14? Oh, something like, like that. that. Yeah. 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 It's pretty bad. I mean, so it actually took me um, 17 years to stop pronounce, to stop introducing myself as Nandini. Um, and what did my- you introduce yourself as? It, it was well, it's Nandini, right? Nandini. That's, yeah, yeah, but my name is Nandini, right? Nandini. Uh, so the, with the Australian accent, right? Nandini. Nandini. Yeah, it's awful. It's horrible. You know, um, you remind me of Nanda Pasta. What's that? You don't know what Nanda Pasta is. Sorry. It is a very famous Italian pasta company in Brisbane called Nanda. You oh, go to no Coles way. or Woolworths, any shop, you can buy Nanda Pasta. Ah. Oh. Nandini. But it's pronounced Nanda in Australia. Nanda. Nanda. Yeah, Nanda. that's what they did to my name as well. Yeah. Nandini. Nandini. I like to change my name. Oh, what you, was... You, you had it easy. It was Giuseppe. See, my day, Giuseppe, <laughs> they always used to spell it wrong, couldn't pronounce it, so oh, I said, just call me Joseph. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. that Anglicisation. Yeah. 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 Even this accent is not real. Your accent isn't real. <laughs> I mean, like, ugh, it's always like what came first, the Indian accent or the Australian accent. But it's a very, it's a very interesting phenomenon around Indian people is that they speak English but in an Indian accent mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so like everything changes. Like I can't, and people are like, oh, that's so cool, how huh, to do your Indian accent. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I have been trained not to do my Indian, Indian accent, accent too, right? Like, um, so the, I figured out like last week I figured out how to get a- around this. So yeah. I just pick up my phone and I pretend I'm talking to my mom on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it. It's crazy, right? But like it, so I've had like dual conversations where I'm at the cashier and I talk to my mom in my Indian accent and then I talk to the cashier and I like, switch it up and like, <laughs> it is impressive. Yeah. I'm a professional, well, look, right? Look, look, 
you're so impressive that I want you to do the next five to ten minutes in your Indian accent. Okay? I've, no, okay, so I've actually tried because <laughs> I want to see if I am brave enough to go around in my Indian accent and risk people knowing that I'm Indian. Um, I wanted to do that, but I don't know how to. Mm. Unless I pretend I'm on the phone with my mum this whole time. You realise, look, I hate to tell you, Nandini. <laughs> Is it, I'm brown. Are you going to say that my skin color is brown and people no, already no, know? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Well, you're about as brown as I am, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not that you're brown, but uh, you look like you come from the subcontinent. Ah, oh, shit. So people just look at you and they think, hmm, is she Pakistani, Bangladeshi? I hate that, India? right? Oh, you know, where is she from? Yeah. Hello. Where <laughs> are you from, dear? <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that. I mean, one of the funniest things that happens is you're in a, you're in a cafe or something, having a coffee, and you hear these people talking, and then you look around and you think, oh, they're Asian, but they've got an Aussie accent. Yeah. And then you realise they're Aussies. Yeah. Obviously, it's yeah. just your brain is thinks that Aussie equals white. No, see, I hate the whole white mm. Australian thing. It's just yeah. such bullshit when if, it like, is. 50% of people are immigrants. And I think that that idea that Australian is, like... Mm is white um, brings with it the whole idea of like assimilation yep. like people come here and they have to adhere to our social norms and I'm like bro like our social norms don't really like exist like exactly. that right like they're always constantly evolving because Australia isn't one colour yeah. it doesn't follow one set of rules by one subculture we did once we did once and then and no, we never did didn't we have a white Australia Never. policy? No, no. Yeah, yeah. We had a white Australia policy, but people don't understand this. So that's for Europe. In the very early well. days, in the very early days, there was the stain, the stain on the Australian character, and that stain came from two areas: one, uh, interaction, yeah. sexual interaction with Aboriginal people, uh, mainly women, yeah. right, and being a convict. Now, if you did DNA analysis yep. of all the Tasmanians who were there. Say came all the white colonizers that came in the first fifty years. You will find an inordinate amount of number of people who've got a little bit of Aboriginal DNA. Yep. So there was never such a concept. That this white Australia policy is an intellectual thing. It's yep. not. It's not. Not something that is real. Mm. Never has been real. Yep. Never. I mean, if you go to North Queensland, you had people from all corners of the earth that used to come here. Yep. You know, and. Um, you know what the sad, one of the saddest moments in Australian history is, apart from the genocide of the original inhabitants? What? Well, when we formed Federation, the first uh, bill that was passed was the Way to Australia policy mm. and the Canucks. Ever heard of the Canucks? No. Well, the Canucks were basically uh, uh, island people from Fiji, Vanuatu, um, the Solomon Islands, who were kidnapped in the late 1880s and 1890s, brought to Queensland to work on the sugarcane fields, and some of them had been there for generations, right, their descendants. Mm-hmm. And when the Stra- White Australia policy was instituted, over 20,000 were deported. Oh, like it's that easy. Mm. Yeah. They just deported. Bam. Oh, that's horrible. And that's what it was like. There's this, there's this, this undercurrent in our history as an Australian people that we, we don't know. Mm. You know, you hear you know you know you hear about all these things about the north and the south in in America, you mm. know, the slaves would escape to the north to mm. get their freedom. Mm-hmm. Well Canax would have to escape across the New South Wales border and this was less than hundred and ten years ago, in order not to be deported. So if they got into New South Wales 
most of them weren't deported, and so there's a large Canada community which lives in northern New South Wales, which is involved in the sugarcane, was involved in the sugarcane industry. So there's a lot of this type of history. So this white Australia policy, it's, it's always been garbage. There's never been a white Australia. Yeah. There wasn't for 60,000 years, yep. and there wasn't with the colonisation yep. process. Mm-hmm. You know who the first uh, coloniser who died in Australia? He was a, a black man from Jamaica, right? He was a cook on the convict ship, right? Yep. He was a free man. And to get up to Port Jackson, they put the rope across, right? And he was crossing the rope, and the and the and the young cabin boys were playing with the rope yeah. for him to fall, and he fell in the water and drowned in Port in, in Port Phillip Bay. Oh my! On day one. God. So we've always. What I'm saying is, we've always had, whether it's an indigenous history or an immigrant black history. Yeah. Two of the people, there were 13 people tried for high treason during the Eureka Rebellion. Two yeah. were blacks. Yeah. One was a freed slave from America. Another one was a gentleman from uh, Jamaica. So. This white bullshit has always been bullshit. Yeah. Mm. So you're welcome. (laughs) Even if you put on your Indian accent. (laughs) All right. What did you excel at at high school? Oh, um. (laughs) Nothing. You went to a, you got to a special school because you were so bright. I mean, people expect me to say, like, oh, I was a humanities kid or a science kid. I liked it all, right? Like, Mm. You liked your homework and you liked all your subjects. I liked all my subjects. I My favourite subject in Year 12 was this subject called Extended Investigation and it was basically a research subject where they let us loose into the field of academia and we could just go and research and make a like a methodology and conduct our research and write up a report and make an oral presentation on it What's on whatever wrong we with wanted. These people? Are they- Encouraging independent thinking. I actually. know. No, it's a, it's a, it is one of the. It is a very very small subject, and it was crazy. It was very radical for people in my school to do it because it was like, what? You're not doing biology and methods and like chemistry mm. and physics. So what, what was your special? It's like a doctorate in high school. Mm. So what did you do it on? Um, I did it on. <laughs> Um, if you want my topic. Yeah, I do want your topic. That was <laughs> no, I'll give you my question, which was, um, oh, I'm trying to remember now, it's really long. To what extent. What, four years yeah, ago? Yeah, three to, years okay, ago. Okay. To what extent are the life goals and motivations of intellectually gifted and academically talented year 12s intrinsic or extrinsic? What was your conclusion? My conclusion was, I don't know. (laughs) It was basically that um, what I found from my research, which was also very shoddy research, but it was an attempt, um, was that there are a lot of students out there who would self-report intrinsic motivation, but in the second and third stages of my research, um, when I tried to, you know, just double-check that, they would make motivation trees. So they'd write out why they were doing something, then they would write out why that's important to them, why that's important to them, why that's important to them. And that's a system, that's a technique called laddering and it's meant to create this chain that ends eventually in like this final motivation and that final motivation can then be like analyzed to see what the content is and that's meant to depending on what your motivation theory is like it's meant to inform what the crux of that entire motivation chain is about and for. And so there are a lot of kids out there who thought they were doing it for intrinsic reasons that came from within themselves, but if you teased out that motivation a bit, you'd find that it's a bit of bullshit. And it, there was a lot of other reasons why mm. they were doing that. Guilt. Um, yeah. In your case, yeah, guilt. guilt. Parental guilt. <laughs> um, yeah. But But also I think that... 
that being said, that's not conclusive. There are lots of things that I think is wrong with the um, theories and trying to mix theories is a bit hard. Mm. So, mm. yeah. So what does a bright young woman do when year 12 ends? Um, she thinks she'd have to choose something now. Um, Are we in the lucky position where you could choose what you want or were you kind of limited in what you could choose? Oh, I, I have a really funny track record. Um, I was enrolled into biomed and commerce and then I dropped it to do... Okay, okay, excuse me, can you tell me why that combination? But Did you want to create something and then sell it and make no. a billion dollars? <laughs> no, Is that I, your no I, I mean, I've definitely been that brown kid, as we all probably are, who grew up hearing about medicine. Um, and so that was definitely pushed a lot. Um, and so I didn't get into medicine. And which I'm really glad about, but I won't say that too loudly. Um, and I then enrolled into biomed and commerce because I really liked um, biology once. I did one subject and I was like, well, science is virtuous. Everyone likes women in STEM right now. It's, yeah, it's, a big it's, thing, it's the big it? thing. It's yeah, the fashion. Yeah. It's, it's the fashion. Yeah. yeah. You realize there's no jobs at the end of it. Yeah, sure. Like, well, so everyone says, yeah, women in STEM, but yeah. it's like women in STEM in like big consultancy nah, firms, nah, nah, nah. not when the government is cutting funds, nah, funds and, and for like Cyrus. A, a, so. a lot of our listeners would actually think that STEM is the stem of a flower. Could you explain what STEM is? Um, so it's an acronym that stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Maths. In other words, the nerdy subjects. The nerdy, the, yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's, yeah. that's the generation showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Don't call, we just call them subjects Well, now. I, 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 in high school, in grade 12, I did uh, maths. This was in 1969, I think I graduated <laughs> in high school. I did maths A, maths B, physics, science, English, and yep. for light relief, French. Wow. And that was the nerdy subjects. Okay. But now it's different. Yep. All right, so what did you, what, how long did you last in biomechanics? Uh, no, I went to the um, orientation. orientation, and then I was like, what am I doing here? So <laughs> then I enrolled into science, which is what I'm doing right now, but I'm still what very t- much. What, what type oh, of science? Um, so something in biology. Gosh, something? Something in biology. What do you mean, something? I mean, like. What, a Bachelor of... I'm doing a Bachelor of Science, so right. in that I can choose literally anything that comes mm. into science. So that's as broad as, like, physics to maths to biology to chemistry to botany to mm. evolutionary ecology, mm. so... So what's put, pushed you in the science direction? Um... I'm still trying to answer that question, <laughs> to be true. honest. To yourself. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still sort of like, God, I want to do an arts degree and study philosophy, <laughs> which is what I do in my other subjects. Um, what other subjects? What do you mean? So at Uni Melb, um, which is where I go, yeah. you get to have... Of course you'd go there. Yeah. Of course <laughs> you'd go, go to, to my Melbourne. old alma mater. <laughs> of course. Um, of course I'm a huge snob who goes to Melbourne Uni. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, you get to do one breath subject a semester, which has to be in mm. a degree that's not yours. Right. Yeah. And what are you doing, philosophy? Yeah, yes. Hmm, what do you think of, you know, it's first year or second year now, philosophy? Second year. What do you think of it? Um, I'm in this philosophical struggle about philosophy, yes. whereby I think it's very interesting to ask fundamental questions. I also think that you will never find an answer because philosophy doesn't know how it knows. Um, it basically, science has a way of finding answers because it's got a criteria. It's like, well, if we test this heaps of times and we can probably apply it to everything else, right? It's got, it's got a framework. It's got a scientific method. Philosophy still doesn't know how it knows anything. It's never about 
about ideas. I mean, sorry, it's never about answers. It's more about ideas and questions. Now, that's all well and good, and it's great for critical thinking. But when you're sitting around talking about whether the matter in front of you actually exists, you're like, <laughs> God, like people are dying in other countries, in our in our own country, <laughs> There's right? No, no time for right? Cartesian. Exactly, <laughs> like Cartesian dualism. Does that yeah. happen or not? Right? Ooh. I so I don't know, but I. I think it's, it's still really fun. It's yeah, so it is interesting. Fun, it? yeah, it's up. a great place, just yeah, way yeah. to stretch your brain to exercise Dale, the Dale, lateral yeah. thinking. Sure. I don't trust any philosopher. Dale, do you know Beth Matthews? I'm not. No, oh, I, oh, yes, yes, yes. Of you course. know Beth, radical, she does radical philosophy. Radical she used, philosophy. To, used to help me in other things here at the station. And one day she said, I want to do a, f- a radical philosophy program. And I oh, said, cool. good, I will support you. And I'll go to the committee and I'll tell them you're going to do a great thing. So she finally got a program. And guess what? She excluded all men from his show. She said, there's too many male philosophers. We only want to hear from female philosophers. So good luck to her. Yeah, yeah I think really I think it's a great, great, great idea. No, well, it's fair so if, if you want to, if you want a good, want to hear to good female philosophers, and she interviews people from all over the world, radical philosophy with Beth Matthews oh, here at 3CR. Thank you. Yeah, it's a very good yeah. program. And I believe it's a podcast. Yeah. It is well, podcast. The diversity is a, a joke. Um, yeah. And it's, I read a book, um, and there was a, um, Indian woman who was an immigrant um, who moved when she was to America when she was like 30. And this is a fictional character. And this was like two months ago. And she um, became like she was studying philosophy and she got her PhD in philosophy. And I was like, Indian women can do that. Like, <laughs> oh my! Like the lack of role models yeah. out there. Well, is that's just, what she's doing. It's she's, just. Yeah. And she's interviewed some extraordinary women. Some in their nineties have been philosophers. Wow. For years mm. now. Nandini, hmm. I don't know how to say this, but we only met four days ago, yes. five days ago. Yes. What drew you to the steps of the Victorian Parliament House last Friday? Um, right. So, well, the context is I'm meeting my sister and her boyfriend at a um, restaurant and I got out of Parliament Station and I looked to my right and I saw your protest and I was like, well, I have two options. Like, I can either go and learn something and talk to people who might have actually something interesting to say or I can just keep walking. <laughs> um, and I always think that the first option really gets you not necessarily places in life because I think that that assumes that I'm looking for somewhere to go and I want you for my own gain. It's more that it gets you to learn more about people, right? Like I like reading. Mm-hmm. And so you do this often. You kind of uh, you uh, see something interesting that yes. you'll, you'll veer towards. I it. will. I'll, I'll talk to anyone who's mm-hmm. anywhere who's sitting next to me. I'll mm-hmm. stop and chat to people. I like talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. We've to, noticed. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is good for a yes. talking. It is for a talking. It's, it's good, but it's, it's not perfect. very good for like my parents and the whole stranger danger thing. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, it would have been a bit hard, stranger danger on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House under CCTV. Yeah. You know, 24 hours That's a day. That's you know. true. You've got to worry about the people inside, not the people on the steps. So was this the um, homeless protest? No, it was public housing. Public Everybody's public. vigil. We don't do the protests. Vigil. I'm sorry. We vigil. do vigils, vigil. yeah. We did vigil there and... Uh, and then he just turns up and she sits down on the floor and starts communicating with people. And we think, Fantastic. this is a young person. What's she doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I got the I got the young person thing a bit when I was there, and I was like, no, young people are cool. We don't buy it. You don't buy them. I don't know about that. <laughs> but was it the Wednesday Action Group or something? No, no, no. It was we had a twenty four hour vigil on the steps of Parliament House oh, okay. for public housing, everybody's business. You know. Oh, yeah. So uh, homelessness is just the tip of the iceberg. We're looking at the concept of public housing. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of people. It was interesting. A lot of people came like you. We didn't know that turned hey. up and had a chat and thought about the idea and then moved on. That's the whole idea of having a twenty four hour vigil because it becomes very friendly. We did a 10-day vigil six months previously, nice. and, that, and that was fascinating because of the rain and the hail and the lightning oh, and the thunder. No. Yeah, well that, that's good, Bill's character. Now, getting back to you, yes. what are your plans for the future? You're 19, the world's your oyster. I know oh, okay. I've done my best to destroy the future of the uh, younger generation. Yeah, you know, climate You change. and all your friends. Yeah, well, I don't have friends. <laughs> my friends. We've done everything we can to destroy your life. You can't buy a home. You can't rent. You got a hex debt. You know we've destroyed the planet, or we're trying to destroy the planet, and uh, we're all, all worried about our superannuation. So, what are your plans? You're going to put us up in front of a wall and shoot us all, or what? Um, <laughs> um, God, I don't know. God, I don't know. Um, I have this very vague ambition that I'm going to have done something that matters, which doesn't mean a lot. And matters to who and why it matters is very hard to answer. Um, so it's not really an answer, is it? Well, it is an answer. I mean, a lot of people uh, at your age have an ambition to own a home or make lots of money or have a professional <sighs> reputation. No, you see, I'm... Okay, so I'm meant to want that, and I'm a, like an idealist, and I will grow out of it. I have been told. No, no, I've no been told. look at me and look at Dale. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're the idealist that didn't grow out of it. Good, thank you. Cause we're, I'm, we're not ideal. You're a realist. You're yeah. not an idealist, you're a realist. <laughs> Never heard that before. You know, you know, you know what you are? You're a, you've got hope in your pocket. Oh, you know yeah. what hope is? Not stupidity. No, no, hope, <laughs> hope is the love ch- child of desire and expectation, the desire for change and the expectation that change will occur. Mm. And a lot of young people are born with, uh, have hope at your age. Yes. But it gets squashed out of them by you know, so-called reality. Yes. So don't ever let that hope go because that's what keeps people like Dale and myself going year after year, that hope that things will improve and will change. And uh, that's what the system does to you. It squeezes Tries that hope. To. But it, it has a reason mm. for doing that. It wants to protect its own interests. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. As much as it doesn't want you to think, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and I was very shocked that you were doing that project in year 12, you know, which allowed you to... Research anything you like. Right. That was shocking. Does that happen at university now? Or is it all continuous assessment? Ah, uh, no. Um, I mean, like it's assessment, but we still. Okay. If you're doing an arts degree, yes, you get to write an essay about like within reason what you want to. You get topics, but you get to mm. research what mm. you'd like to. Yeah. Um, in a science degree, no, no, you do not think. That's not that's not for you. That's for PhD students. Right. So you hold off on the whole thinking thing until <laughs> until you forget how to think. I don't know. I don't know how it's how it uh, works. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so no thinking now. You just do the formulas and. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for like maths and physics mm. and stuff. Things that I've never understood. Um, but at least in biology, and this is my constant criticism of it. And also, I'm willing to be challenged, and I'm waiting to be challenged on that because I want to. Um, going to be challenged in biology. Well, uh, it's a very, very, <laughs> it's a kidney. I mean, 
It's made of glomerulus. Well, it's got a cortex. No, but that's a challenge. People didn't know that it was a kidney. I know. People didn't know that's any right. of those things right. until they were challenged to mm. find out. Yeah. So what are you going to find out about the human body that nobody else has discovered? Oh, look, I don't know about the human body. I know. I'm going to give you a project. Okay. I give homework to the young girl. I do like my homework. Yeah, well, I want to know, <laughs> yes. and I've always wanted to know this, and I'm nearly 68, and I've yes. been a doctor for 45 years, and I've never known this answer, and I need this answer. What is the role of the appendix in the body? <laughs> well, see... Or is it vestigial? <laughs> or do you need an answer to that? Because, I mean, we can no, get No, I'd rid like of an answer. I don't need yeah, an answer. I would like an answer. It's okay. a challenge. So when you're bored and you've got nothing to do, <laughs> instead of reading Harry Potter books, you can actually research that for or me. Or I could just think about the existence of, like, the material things in front of me. <laughs> about as much utility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, look. Have you got any, usually I ask other people, have they got any advice for the younger generation? I'm going to ask you as a young person, have you got any advice for the older generations apart from mass suicide? Uh, uh, my advice for the older generation. Ooh. Um, I did two things. Um, one, listen to us. Yes. Um, and I think that, like, it's easy to look at us and be like, hey, like, young people don't know anything, which, you know, to a certain extent, sure, we haven't had the life experiences, um, but there's value in having not been exposed to certain things as yet, which make you old and thick-skinned and, and whatever. Um, so we have value in what we say. And also, I just, I feel like I've, been around a lot of older people recently and they're always like oh you know like wow you're a young person and you're like relatively switched on and you care about things i have hope and i'm like no come on like don't judge young people like that a lot of us are like this in fact everyone i know is like this and sure i might live in a little microcosm of melbourne but there are a lot of young people out there who are worthy of giving you hope you just don't know about them um so that yeah, there are a lot of us out there who are who are really great, and maybe they just aren't had enough, and their greatness isn't applauded enough. Um, but yeah, I'm applauding your greatness, no and then. and to everyone else out there. Right. Out there, and I look, 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 I agree with you. I'm I'm going to go to my grave happy, knowing that the earth is in the hands of people of your caliber, and that you will resolve. All the issues that we have created for the all human, of them. every single yes. one. Otherwise, you'll all die. Okay, yes. so you've yeah. got no choice. That's quite so right. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming at thank the last Thank you for having moment. me. No, it was a pleasure talking to you. And look, what we try to do on Radical Australia is just interview different people mm. and just have a chat to them and see what makes them tick. And a lot of people identify with what's happening. And uh, I think, I'm being serious, we've had a number of young people through the studios, not just octogenarians and nanogenarians. <laughs> But, you know, people in their 1918 or even 17. And the thing is, you're quite right. Hope is eternal. Mm. And, uh, look, I, I, I have no issues regarding what's going to happen in the future. I'm sure that people like you will get rid of the bastards like us that have stuffed up your world. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Nandini. And look after yourself. And you're a great contribution to this country and the world because you're a international citizen. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dale. Thanks, guys.
could see no way to keep my body still. When you heard the call, you left me on my own. I could see. No reason to find my way back home. And the woodsman lives by the river in the valley. And he waits for me like a spider between. As I wandered, I saw him on his knees.